Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Eurotrips Football Podcast. A different format, slightly to normal. We are doing the normal European football reviews, but due to the timing of this week, we are close to the weekend. We are also doing some previews of the games to look forward to on the weekend. So do check out this podcast if you want to get your daily dose of football reviews and also looking ahead to what games you should watch on TV on the weekend. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. Once again, we are back as we talk all things European football. Uh, I am your host, Andy, and I'm this week joined for now by at least two of our regulars in Naeem and Jonathan. How are you, boys? Doing well. Good stuff, good stuff. It's a um, great result for you boys yesterday, wasn't it, Naeem? Yeah, it was. It's just a shame that you know we can't play like that. Every game in the season, but you know, I'll take the win anyway, and um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens against Man United. But yeah, he changed the formation, um, you know, he brought in players that pretty much finished at this club, but yeah, they usually turn up anyway in the big games. It's just like the Southamptons, the Brightons, you know, those sort of teams that for some, for some reason we struggle against, but yeah, it was a good win, man. I, I enjoyed it anyway. So, Naeem, is, is uh, Mohamed El Neni the future? Is he what Arsenal's been looking for all this time? Oh, no, no, no. He, he's been there since he, well, Wenger signed him, so <laughs> he, he's good at what he does. But for what we need to do, we need better than him. Like he, he's he's good when he comes in, but yeah, we need better than that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be offering him any new contracts or anything like that. He can he can leave in the summer. <laughs> he's he's your Egyptian king now. <laughs> You're like most <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not on the same level as Salah. Um, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first thing we're going to focus on is the Premier League. And um, you've actually inspired me for a, a quick um, game show idea, which I did actually on the Hair Drive Treatment podcast this week. Do check that out. Well, that's the other podcast I'm part of, uh, where we did a Man U special of this. But we'll do an Arsenal special of this as well. Um, so before we do that, quick review of the Premier League weekend. It seemed that no one wanted to get top four as both Spurs and Arsenal both lost on Saturday. Uh, Spurs lost 1-0 to Brighton at home and Samton lost 1-0 away to Southampton um, and St Mary's. Meanwhile, Man U, they won 3-2 on Saturday against Norwich with Ronaldo hat-trick, but on Tuesday, they lost 4-0 to Liverpool. Um, on Saturday as well, Brentford got a last-minute winner to win 2-1 against Watford. Uh, and then on Sunday, Newcastle beat Leicester 2-1 thanks to a double from Bruno Guimaraes. And also, West Ham and Burnley played out a 1-1 draw uh, because the big news since we lasted the podcast was Sean Dyche's sacking. Uh, they got a 1-1 draw um, and it was goals from Veghorst and Suchek. And there was a missed penalty along the way from Maxwell Corner as well. I mentioned Liverpool's 4-0 win on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, uh, we briefly mentioned it then, Arsenal beat Chelsea 4-2 at Stamford Bridge, uh, which is included two goals from Nketiah, much to the help of the Chelsea defence, Smith Rowe and Bakayo Saka, as well as goals from Timo Werner and Cesar Aspilicueta. Everton got a crucial last-minute equaliser through Carlison, as well as the opener early on in the game from Harvey Barnes. Newcastle got their sixth straight win 
uh, at home with a 1-0 win thanks to uh, Miguel Almiron, who's got a wonderful goal as they beat Crystal Palace. And then Man City uh, beat Brighton 3-0 thanks to goal from Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden. There was a game currently on as we were called in the podcast as Burnley are currently leading 1-0 at Southampton, against Southampton I should say. Um, goal from Welshman Conor Roberts is a difference so far in this game. Of course, other games that happened this week was the FA Cup. Liverpool uh, beat Matity 3-2 um, with 3-0 up at half-time before two goals in the second half for Man City. Made it an interesting second half, but in the end, Liverpool in the end got the job done. And then Chelsea eased to a 2-0 win against Palace at Wembley. Um, but I mentioned the quiz I wanted to do with you nine. Of course, on the Hairdryer Recruitment Podcast, uh, I did a manual version of this, where basically I went through every player in the squad and I gave them the option of Keep, sell, or loan. So I'm going to give you the exact same scenario here, Naeem, but for okay. Arsenal players. Uh, because it's been a weird season where, you know, for me, there's such a poor start to the year. Then they had brilliant run until recently. They And then to lose three times, was it the Palace, Brighton and Southampton? Definitely sent worrying signs that way. But then a 4-2 win away at Stamford Bridge is a really good result. And I think that gives you a great momentum going into the end of the year. But... Um, Let's look at the team. So I'm going to give you just a chance to give one word answers to each one, to just a quick response to each player, whether you'd keep, sell or loan. So we've got Bert Leno. Sell. Kieran Tierney. Keep. Ben White. Keep, but bench. Thomas Party. Keep. Gabriel. Keep. Mikayo Saka. Keep. Martin Udegaard. Keep. Alexander Lacazette. Sell. Emile Smith-Rowe. Keep. Rob Holding. Sell. Cedric Suarez. I'll keep him. Keep him, yeah. Cool. Uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu. Keep him. Nicola Pepe. Yeah, I'll sell. Sell now, yeah. Nuno Tavares. Loan. Uh, Albert Sambi Lakonga. Loan. We just mentioned before Mohamed El Neni. Sell. <laughs> uh, Eddie, Eddie and Ketcher. Oh, sell him, yeah, sell him, man. Sell him, yeah. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Keep him. Uh, sell. Ar- Arthur Okonkwo. <laughs> um, Arthur Okonkwo. Goalkeeper, I'll well, sell him. Granite Xhaka. Sell. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Martinelli keep him and then players out on loan uh, notable players uh, would you bring back Hector Bellerin nope sell him <laughs> Pablo Mari sell him Costant uh, Tios Mavropanos sell him hopefully for a good price but doubt it when it comes to our selling players Ainsley Mayton Niles I'll sell him now Matteo Guendouzi would keep him, but he's he's um where, where he's played X amount of games so far for Marseille. Um, they will be buying him uh, at the end of the season. So I would I would have kept him, but we ain't got that choice now. So yeah, you have to right, sell. Right, okay. Uh, Lucas Torreira finally sell because he's doing well at Fiorentina, so we should be able to get a bit of money back from him. Yeah, great stuff. Um, my mind just let me did Jonathan Day to sell Ramsdale to sell El Neni. Sorry. Did Jonathan say to sell El Nene or did he say to sell Ramsdale? What did you Ram- say, Jonathan? Ramsdale, I think it was. 
So Ramsdale, that's interesting. That's um, <laughs> I think he's been the best signing in the whole season in the Premier yeah, yeah. League. Yeah, um, season. And I, I love I the way think, he. Um, I just think I just think Leno is just so good. You know, I, I don't know why they would even bench him in the first place. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was about to say, um, have you not seen him? But um, but yeah, no. <laughs> I, it's surprising Leno because he came in with such a big reputation, and mm. he just seems to have just not lived up to that expectation. Whereas Ram. Ramsdale's come in with not not much expectation, and he's completely exceeded it. Yeah, I think like obviously at the start of the season, most fans were like, "Why, why are we spending so much money on him?" But you know, he's proved us wrong. To be fair, he's been a bit shaky since his comeback from injury. But you know, it's his first season, and you know, he, he's been at what teams have been relegated so many times. So I, I'm, I've been happy with him anyway. So I, I, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely keep him. Yeah, I, I love the way he won up the fans as well to Chelsea fans. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves doing it. I think I, he's on um, Ben Foster's podcast um, this is weeks, months ago now. Who's on it? And he's saying how he finds winding up the fans actually helps him play better. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's saying that if he just does nothing, he just stands around not doing anything. He tends to sort of lose focus. He said that if he um, if he does play games where he is winding up the fans, it just Seems to inspire him to play better, he said. So, um, that's fair. As long as he keeps doing that, I, I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like coming up though on the weekend, this is our new part of the show we're going to do for this week is, is a preview part where we're going to preview games coming up on the weekend. Um, in terms of Saturday, the big one really is probably the top four race. Uh, we're seeing Arsenal play Man U at half 12, and we're seeing Brentford play Spurs at half five. Um, in terms of this one, I, I think that. Man U Arsenal is going to be um, a good game, but probably not for the right reasons. It's probably going to be a game of mistakes and bad defending. But I think both that and the Brentford Spurs game at half five are both crucial towards top four before you guys do play each other in a few weeks. So I think that's probably the headline ones on Saturday. Of course, City play Watford on three o'clock, but that's going to be a City win. I can guarantee it right now. And then Sunday, um, Liverpool play Everton at half four, which is big for the derby. But a big one to the top four could, could, could be seen as Chelsea West Ham at two o'clock on Sky Sports because Chelsea, even though they're probably all but likely to get top four, it's not guaranteed. And West Ham are probably way out of it. But if West Ham can get a win at Stamford Bridge, just looking at the table now, so if I get the Premier League table up, um, if West Ham beat Chelsea on Sunday, this would mean that they would be. Uh, maybe actually eight points behind, so maybe it's probably still too far stretched. But if Chelsea to lose and the Spurs and Arsenal win, um, if both of them win on Saturday and Chelsea lose on Sunday, they'll both be, albeit with a game played more, three, only two points behind Chelsea. And I think that with all the stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, they've got an FA Cup final to look forward to, and that's going to be a hard game for us. But I do think that that's worrying for Chelsea, you know, and I think they. Let's look at their schedule for the rest of the year in the Premier League. So they, they've got a few. Yeah, they've still got they've got a few um tricky games still to come. Yeah, yeah. they've got they've got West Ham. Then they got Manu away. Then they got Everton away. Then they got Wolves at home, who are no easy team to play. Leeds away, that'll be tough. Chelsea, the being Leicester at home, the five days after the FA Cup final, and then they play Watford on the final day, which is probably a guaranteed three points. Um, so, yeah, and that's an Arsenal-Spurs schedule seemed a lot easier than that on paper. Um, and Spurs, you know, Spurs, are, they, they know they lost today, but they, they've been in good form recently. So, I think that third place is up for grabs as well. Um, in terms of the rest of that, it's not really much else to report in terms of the 
in terms of the race for the top four, but in terms of the race to survive, uh, of course, this is obviously down to Burnley playing Wolves and Liverpool Everton game on the Sunday. Of course, Norwich play Newcastle on Saturday, but Norwich are probably already down. Same as Watford, who play City, and that's going to be a guaranteed three points to City. So, so yeah, it's an exciting week of Premier League action to look forward to. But let's head to a different league. Let's head to Spain as Naeem. Uh, what's been happening in the last seven days in Spain and what we've got look to, for- to look forward to on the weekend? Yeah, so since the last time we've done the pod, there has been two rounds of fixtures um, in the Liga. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of go through the teams that are fighting relegation and then the teams that are uh, battling to get into the European places. So rock bottom is Deportivo. They actually secured a 1-0 win on the weekend and it was their first win in eight, beating Rayo Vallecano. That's thanks to a second-half strike from Hosselu there. On Tuesday night, uh, they took on Deportivo. Sorry, they took on Mallorca away from home. Another team that is struggling, uh, that can be dragged down into the relegation dogfight. They suffered a 2-1 loss, uh, which is Mallorca's second win in three games. The next team that we have uh, fighting relegation is Levante. They're second, they're second from bottom. They took on Granada on the weekend and they ran out 4-1 winners. They were 3-0 up by injury time before Granada's Alex, Alex Calado got consolation goal. But late, but late Soldado rounded off the scoring. They've recently just played now uh, Levante. They played Sevilla and he lost 3-2 at home. There'll be more on that when I speak about Sevilla. Next team is Granada. They're the last team occupying the relegation spots. As I mentioned before, they lost 4-1 at home on the weekend to Levante. They then took on Atletico Madrid last night away from home and they managed to come out with a 0-0 draw at the last season's champions. On to Cadiz now. Monday night saw them take on Inform Barcelona, who before the game were on a 15-game unbeaten run in the league, consisting of four draws and 11 wins. Uh, in the game, as what Xavi has been doing, since he's been there, they have they've been dominating possession, but they couldn't break Cadiz down, and they went on to lose one 0 in the end, thanks to a former Arsenal player Lucas Perez. It was his first goal in the league after joining from Elche in January, and currently Cadiz uh, taking on Athletic Club, and it's currently three one, and it's in the second half, and Lucas Lucas Perez has just scored a couple of minutes ago um, after coming on as a sub. So that game looks like they probably will lose, but I will report on that if anything happens. So moving up to the teams that are fighting to get into the European places. First team is Champions League semi-finalist Villarreal. They took on Getafe away from home. They started off well, being 2-0 up in 16 minutes, both goals from Moreno and Trigueros. Enes Unal for Getafe did score in the 63rd minute, but Getafe did go on to lose 2-1 to Villarreal. And yesterday, Villarreal, they took on Valencia at home. Uh, For the second time in the space of two games, they were 2-0 up in the first half quite quickly. Both goals from Dan Juma, um, who's having a good season so far. He got a penalty and got another goal from open play. Uh, the, this win now, the two wins in a row for Villarreal, means that they've lowered the gap between them and the Real Sociedad, so they can try and get into Europe, European places that way, um, depending on obviously how they do in the Champions League, but you never know, they could get to the final, but we'll see there. Real Sociedad, on Friday night they took on Real Betis in the hunt, obviously, for Champions League football. This game was a boring 0-0 draw. 
David Silva, he received a straight red 93 minutes into the game after receiving a yellow card two minutes before, so he will miss uh, the game which is kicking off soon against Barcelona. Um, as I mentioned before, Real Betis, they played out a nil-nil draw Sociedad. They then took on Elche at home on Tuesday night and suffered a 1-0 defeat. The game, they, they dominated all the chances and the uh, possession stats, but yeah, they just couldn't couldn't break them down. Uh, Tete Morente, he scored the only goal in the game, which came in the 82nd minute. Moving on now to Barcelona. They, as I mentioned before, they suffered their first defeat at home, losing 1-0 to Real Betis. Oh, sorry, they lost 1-0 at home. Uh, well, obviously, the last time they lost at home was 1-0 to Real Betis, and this was obviously the exact same scoreline, which was obviously a valuable three points for Cadiz. Atletico Madrid, they left it very late to secure a 2-1 win against Espanyol in the 100th minute thanks to a Yannick Carrasco penalty. Who sc- he also scored earlier on in the game. Last night, uh, as I mentioned before when I was talking about Granada, they took them on. And yes, they drew 0-0. They had 21, 22 shots and only one of those was on target. So yeah, they were quite wasteful there. They seem to struggle a bit at home to these teams in the bottom half of the table. You know, lost one 0 to Levante a few weeks back. They lost to uh, Mallorca, but that was away from home. But yeah, it's a bit, a bit weird there. The next team is Sevilla. They took on Real Madrid on Sunday night, uh, probably the game of the weekend, I'd say. They, they went on to a great start. They went two 0 up thanks to Rakitic and Lamella. It was two one at half time. Obviously, Real Madrid, they had to respond in the second half. They did so five minutes into the second half from Rodrigo before Fernandez made it 2 all in the 82nd minute. And in the end, informed striker Benzema scored the winner in added time. Sevilla, they had just, uh, like I said before, they uh, recently beaten Levante 3-1. Sorry, 3-2. Jesus Corona, he opened up the scoring before Jose Luis Morales would equalise eight minutes later from the penalty spot. Sevilla responded with another goal from Jesus Corona as they went 2-1 up at half-time. In the 71st minute, Levante were awarded a penalty, but Jose Luis Morales' shot was off target. Later on in the game, Jules Kunde made it 3-1. And just like the last game week, Roberto Saldado came off the bench to make it 3-2, but Levante didn't have enough time to come back in the end. Moving on to the league leaders, Real Madrid, as I mentioned before, they did win 3-2 away from home against Sevilla, but being 2-0 down at half-time. They took on Osasuna last night as well, and they were 2-1 up at half-time. In the second half, Madrid were awarded two penalties in the space of 10 minutes, but both of Benzema's penalties were saved by Sergio Herrera, who has now saved three out of, the lot, three out of his seven penalties he has faced this season. So yeah, that's a quick little roundup of what's been going on this, this weekend. I'll just quickly run through the results from some of the other teams as well, as mentioned before. So obviously, like I said before, 0-0 between Real Sociedad and Real Betis. Elche beat Mallorca 3-0. Deportivo beat Rayo Vallecano 1-0. Osasuna beat Valencia 2-1 away from home. Same with Villarreal, they beat Getafe 2-1. Levante won 4-1 against Granada. Atletico Madrid won 2-1 at home against Espanyol. Athletic Club lost 2-0 at home to Celta Vigo. Real Madrid beat Sevilla 3-2. And Barcelona lost 1-0 at home to Cadiz. So into the next game week, uh, Mallorca beat Deportivo 2-1. 
Elche beat Betis, Real Betis 1-0 away from home. Villarreal was 2-0. Atletico Madrid drew 0-0 with Granada. Getafe, they won 2-0 away at Celta Vigo. Osasuna lost 3-1 at home to Real Madrid. Right, Valacano, they recently just played. Uh, their, their game was at 6. They won 1-0 against Espanyol. Sevilla won 3-2. Reap just now against Levante. And currently, it's still 3-1 against Athletic Club and Cadiz. So, yeah, at half eight, we have Real Sociedad against Barcelona. So, obviously, these two teams are fighting for the European spaces. So, that should be a good match. And, yeah, so a game to look out for this weekend... There's only one. There is, there is actually only one league game this weekend. Uh, Barcelona again. They take on Rayo Vallecano in a game they probably should win. But this weekend um, is the Copa del Rey final against Real Betis and Valencia. Uh, so this, yeah, this is a chance for either team to win a trophy this season. Um, the last time Valencia did win the trophy was back in the 18-19 season, and the last time Real Betis won this was in the 2004-2005 season. So. Yeah, the winner of this game will qualify for the Europa League. So, with Valencia's poor league form this season, this is obviously a good chance for them to get back into Europe uh, for the first time in three years. So, yeah, I'll just quickly go through the table in Spain. So, yeah, obviously, Real Madrid is still top 78 points. I think they only need four more points and they'll be champ- crown champions. Sevilla, uh, with their win just now, they're on 63 points. Atletico Madrid are in third with 61. Barcelona, fourth on 60 points, so obviously playing... Playing soon. Fifth place is Real Betis on 57 points, so they can still creep up in the top four. Real Sociedad obviously are playing, well, just kicked off now. They're sixth on 55 points, so securing that last Europa Conference League spot. And then Villarreal, they're seventh on 52, so they still have a chance of either getting Conference League or Europa League. And obviously, rock bottom is Deportivo, they're on 25 points. 19th is Levante on 25 points after their 3 2 loss. And Granada are on 30 points in 18th, 18th place. So 17th place is Cadiz, who obviously they are playing now. They're losing. They're on 31 points. And Mallorca, they're on 32 points. So, yeah, those those teams there, they, they probably look like they're in, in the relegation fight. So, yeah, that's what's been going on in Spain in the last two game weeks. Thank you for that, Naeem. And since you, last, since you were speaking to us, Ryan mm. has joined us. How are you, mate? Fine and dandy. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, perfect time to come to you. We may as well head to Italy whilst we're doing that. And, wow, once again, what the last seven days has been in Syria? Well, indeed. Um, I, I said it last week that both Milan teams had a relatively straightforward weekend ahead. And lo and behold, I was right. <laughs> uh, Inter beat Spezia 3-1 and Milan... On 2 0 at home to Genoa. So they both done their jobs, but Napoli did not. They lost crucial ground as they drew 1 all in Naples as Roma snatched a point in the 91st minute from a guy who I know Andy cannot pronounce. <laughs> I won't try. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, my man Stefan El Sharali. Um, got the 91st minute equaliser for Roma so is that, is that what I said wasn't it didn't I pronounce it that way I can't remember what you said it was it, you butchered it um, <laughs> proper Paul Merson style but yeah um, uh, anyway that put a huge in their title hopes but elsewhere 
Juve, they need an 90th minute equaliser to draw at home to Bologna, who had te- uh, two men sent off in quite bizarre circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you've probably you've probably seen it on 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 Twitter, but yeah, Gary Medell argued with the ref after um, the ref gave a penalty to Juve after a lengthy VAR check, and Juve. Uh, well, the refs seemed to take offence to something Medell um, obviously said to him because he gave him a yellow card and then a couple of seconds later he gave him another yellow card and sent him off and obviously Medell was fuming but, you know, um, he obviously must have said something to upset the referee and, uh, yeah, Blonia, you know, done well to hold on really for a point. Um, it was a late goal from Vlahovic, a header, but, um, yeah, uh, it just crazy stuff happening in Turin. Uh, elsewhere, Lucas Torreira, he got the only goal for Fiorentina, who won at home. And Atalanta, they lost actually at home to Verona, who have had a really good season by their standards, currently occupying ninth place in the league. Uh, speaking of the league, the table currently looks like this. Milan leading by two points, but of course, in a still, still have a game in hand, which means they currently have the advantage, but as we all know, Games in hands are never that easy to win. and But I say they do have the advantage because Milan, they have a tough run in. Uh, some big games that they've got to play yet. So I would say Inter are currently the favourites, but we just don't know in this very unpredictable season. Napoli are four points adrift now. And I'd say they're almost out of the equation. Um, but with Milan's hard run in, and you just don't know. Um, Juve, I mean, they've got five points on Roma, so they should seal fourth spot um, with Roma, Fiorentina and Lazio all fighting for those final European places. Elsewhere at the bottom, Venezia, they're six points adrift now in 18th. Even with a game in hand, it looks like they'll be heading back down. So it's pretty much all eyes on the title race, really. Uh, this weekend, Inter host their former manager, as Jose Mourinho brings his Roma side to the San Siro and... Milan are away to Lazio, two massive fixtures in the title battle. So if Napoli beat Empoli away and they get two favourable results, then they could be right back in the mix. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be an interesting weekend and it's pretty much whoever holds their, holds their nerve, really. Um, outside of the league, the second uh, league, sorry, the second leg Coppa Italia fixtures took place over the past couple of nights and It'll be a derby, the Italia final, was Inter take on Juve. Uh, Inter put three past Milan, and Juve coasted past Fiorentina. So a tasty, tasty final to look forward to. And then finally, the top goalscorer standings. Just two goals separate Chirlo Immobile on 25 and Vlahovic on 23. So that's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that wraps up Italy for this week. Thank you very much, Ryan. And you mentioned the goal standings. I want to, this is actually a perfect segue onto the next league. But before we do that, Burnley have gone 2 0 up at half time. Uh, but looking at the goal records, I mean, I was talking about it once again. I mentioned the podcast before, the Hair Dry Treatment podcast I'm part of. We mentioned it this week about Lewandowski's goal record. And let's look at this way. We, I think we mentioned Mitrovic's record as a goal a game, but Lewandowski is even better. So he's got 32 goals in 30 games in the Bundesliga this year, 13 in 10 in the Champions League, and he had a couple of goals in the Super Cup, a couple of goals in the Club World Cup, 
Um, so I ignore that one. That's last season. But in terms of combining the Bundesliga and the Champions League, he has in 40 games 45 goals. I mean, that record, Jonathan, how special is that record? I mean, it's so special. He set the record last season for most goals in a Bundesliga season. But I think you really have to look at the body of work he's done these last three, even four or five seasons for Bayern. I mean, it's just been unbelievable. He hardly ever gets injured. He hardly ever misses a game. And he performs uh, Champions League, uh, DFB Pokal, Bundesliga. It's 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 unbelievable. Um, you know, these last three, four or five years, you have to say he's been the best player in the world, and it's a shame he didn't get the Ballon d'Or. But yeah, unstoppable, unstoppable. And um, you know, hopefully he doesn't leave this summer. There are definitely still rumors of him before his contract expires in twenty twenty three. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk um, that he's going to go to Barcelona. That seems to be the one team he linked with a lot. Uh, I think Chelsea were a big team linked with him before the whole Bramford situation. But looking at his record, he's got 103 goals in 187 games for Dortmund. And for Bayern, he scored 341 goals in 371 games. So he's that's quite the record. I mean, that is almost that's almost a goal a game for his whole career. That's probably a goal every game and a half. So it's quite been quite the story since he joined Bayern Munich. But talking about Munich, um, Jonathan, let's look ahead to the Bundesliga this weekend, as well as reviewing what happened the last weekend. Yeah, so I'll do a quick rundown of what happened this past weekend, starting off with Freiburg versus Bochum. Uh, Freiburg won pretty easily 3-0. It was pretty funny. They you know, they let out some confetti paper um, type of things before the game for a little pre-game celebration, which was hilarious because they were all over the pitch, and for most of the game, they were playing through all that paper. Um, so that made it pretty funny to watch, but... A pretty easy victory for Freiburg. Uh, Bochum coach Thomas Reese had a red. Um, they also had another red card for another Bochum player during the game. But pretty simple win for Freiburg, and they and they keep on getting those necessary three points against you know pretty decent mid table sides in Bochum as as they try and sneak into that fourth Champions League spot if if they can sort of get past Leverkusen who are faltering as of late. Um, as it really does seem that Leipzig is, is pretty set to make the Champions League, but Europa League wouldn't be too too bad either for this Freiburg side. Mainz tied with Stuttgart in a really boring contest. Um, Dortmund beat Wolfsburg 6-1. I'll never, ever understand this Dortmund team. Um, I mean, one week they're losing 3-0 to, to some nobody, and then the next week they're absolutely destroying opponents 6-1. Erling Holland finally back on the score sheet. He had a brace, um, which was nice to see. He's been injured so much these last few months. Uh, but a pretty solid win for them, and pretty shocked to see such a you know a massive scoreline like that. Hertha Berlin had an extremely important win against Augsburg as they barely snuck by in 1-0 with a Swetsudur goal in the 49th minute, uh, which is huge as they try and escape the relegation spot. Um, Cologne beat Gladbach in the Rhine derby. It was all Cologne all game long. Bayern beat Armenia 3-0. Um, pretty solid performance for them, not much going on. Lewandowski did not score in this game, one of the few that he did not um, get his name on that sheet, but Gnabry had a goal as well as Musiala. Hoffenheim had a terrible tie against Firth, 
Union beat Frankfurt and Leverkusen, or excuse me, Leipzig beat Leverkusen 1 0. Uh, but for this weekend, I'd say the biggest game is obviously Bayern versus Dortmund. Der Klassiker, I'm doing a bit of a, a German tour at the moment to see some family, and I'm actually heading to Munich tomorrow morning, and I'm going to be at the game, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just excited to see the atmosphere. And while Bayern have pretty much locked up this title race per usual, you know, Der Klassiker is still Der Klassiker at the end of the day, and so it's going to be a great time. Friday, we're playing Gladbach, which is a big game for them, and, and kind of a weird, weird match this weekend is Leipzig playing Union on Saturday, which they actually just played in the semifinals of the DFB yesterday in Leipzig. And so Union, I'm guessing they, you know, have a hotel for a few days there because they're just going to stay there and play Leipzig yet again at Leipzig's place come this Saturday, which is kind of strange um so those are probably the two biggest games just for champions league and european qualification but if we do look at the standings Bayern have locked up that first spot Dortmund will qualify for cl leipzig should be in and then leverkusen and freiburg are going to fight for that fourth spot um, they actually play each other in the last game of the season which you know they could be separated by a point then which would, which would be a huge contest for both sides and then for the Europa League, it's really a battle between possibly Freiburg, Union, Cologne, and Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim were seen as the favorites to get that sixth, that's finished sixth in the table and get that second Europa League spot, but they've fallen off hard as of late. I mean, you know, they've lost to Hertha, they lost to Bochum, they lost to Leipzig, and they tied with Firth in their last four games. So they're really falling off now, um, and they need a major, major win. Um, against a difficult Frankfurt side this weekend who are coming off a crazy night at the Camp Nou. Um, but yeah, I mean, that pretty much does it. Transfer news, it looks like Nico Schlatterbeck, the Freiburg defender, is going to be going to Dortmund to join Nicolas Sule, which would be big as they're completely redoing their defense there. Um, and Armenia, they're battling for the bottom. They just sacked their head coach. Um, and it looks like they could be going down in Stuttgart and Hertha Berlin are also fighting for those last one or two relegation spots to get out of those. Germany does do a promotion playoff for the third worst team in the league, so they will play the third best team in the Bundesliga too. But you still don't even want to be in that. So it's going to be good end to the season. We have four match days left, and that pretty much does it for this week. Yeah, and that brings on to our final topic today. And really, there could be two. Now, now you mentioned that relegation battle, but of course, since we last spoke on a podcast... It's been a hell of a week for European football. Just want to get your boys thoughts on this. So, for anyone who has forgotten what happened um, on the Tuesday, we mentioned before that we thought there's no way Bayern would be knocked out by Villarreal. We thought there was no way that um, Madrid would um, been knocked out by Chelsea. Villarreal did knock out by Munich, and Chelsea almost knocked out Madrid, taken out to extra time in one of the best Champions League games we've seen in a few years. Before on the Wednesday, Liverpool. A bit of hard for themselves with a three-three draw at home to Benfica before a feisty encounter saw Atletico Madrid um, draw nil-nil with Man City with a red card to Sebastian Savage late on uh, with, after a tussle with Jack Grealish. And then in Europa League, um, Rangers beat Braga three-one after extra time. Uh, West Ham had an impressive three-nil win away to Lyon. Um, and in a crazy game, Frankfurt beat Barca three-two the New Camp. Whilst RB Leipzig beat Atalanta 2-1. And that makes the semi-finals as follows. So in the Champions League, um, Atletico Madrid 
So, Man City will play Real Madrid and Liverpool play Villarreal. And in the Europa League, West Ham will play Frankfurt and RB Leipzig will play Rangers. Uh, and of course, let's not forget, Leicester got a very impressive um, late win against PSV in the Europa Conference League. Um, so, in terms of the games overall, boys, um, what are your thoughts on, on those games, those four games? I think I think it'll probably be all English final again, I reckon. But um you can't really can't really take Villarreal lightly, you know, and being out of Juve and Bayern Munich. Um and like, like I mentioned before, Emery's got a good record in Europe. So I think he will win, but I don't think he will batter them. I think cause I think the first leg legs are Anfield, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah, yeah. So if they can come out there, you know, if they could nick a one nil win, I know Anfield's hard place to come out with a result but if they come out with like the squad being like 1-0 or 2-1 or something then they have probably have a good chance at home but I think Man City against Real Madrid Real Madrid defence isn't the greatest so I think that's where Man City can exploit them so uh, yeah I, I'll, still, I'll still go with an all, all English final it'll be good to see Villarreal get there you know since um, is it is it good if they get there <laughs> <laughs> well not for you but you know yeah, I don't think any team's ever done that before. Got won the Europa League and then got in this far in the Champions League. Ooh, might be wrong, but I know, I know one. I can think it's probably more, but the only one I can think of is Porto and the Mourinho. Oh, yeah. Maybe Celtic in the final Europa League or Europa Cup back then, mm. and then won the Champions League against Monaco the next year. I mean, yeah, I think it's tough. I think obviously we are the favourites for this game, yeah. but I think if we are to win. I don't know who I'd rather because City are the better team uh, in every capacity, but Madrid are Madrid and they're Champions League winners 13 times for a reason. Mm. And also, I don't believe Ancelotti's ever lost to Klopp in his career. I know certainly in Everton, um, he came after we beat them 5-2. Everton, he came at Anfield, he came after that. I think he was one who replaced Marco Silva. And then... That, that year, we, we drew 0-0 Goodison Park that season. And then the following year, we drew 1-1 or 2-2 Goodison Park with the famous um, Pickford and Van Dyke incident. And then at, when we lost 2-0 at Anfield. And then looking back in Napoli as well, um, when he's when he's charge of there, I remember the year we won the Champions League, we played them. I think we beat them at Anfield, but then we lost them um, in the... Napoli game in the Napoli Stadium, and then the year after that, I know I know he was definitely in charge for these ones. Um, they drew Anfield and won it in Napoli. So, Carlo Ancelotti's got an amazing record against against Klopp. Um, so, I'm not sure who I want because I think both teams are going to be incredibly hard in the final. Um, and Villarreal, we said before, Villarreal's a tough team to play. They've knocked out Bayern Juve for a reason in this tournament. So, um, so yeah, um, Jonathan and Ryan, do you? think as well with Naeem it's going to be an all-English final or do you see there being um, any of the other two teams the Spanish teams that are going to make the final well can I just say first I'm so disappointed um, in myself and my own credibility because I said for <laughs> weeks that Bayern would absolutely destroy Villarreal especially in that second leg and I was so shocked to see that result um, and so you know of course, I want to say Liverpool absolutely breezed by Villarreal and Man City will you know, possibly get past Real Madrid. Um, and I think a lot of people would say that Real Madrid is the likelier upset over Man City. But 
you know, we can't underestimate Villarreal. So I still think Liverpool and Man City advance. I do think it is that all-English final, but there's something about Emery in that good evening. There's something about that that just, <laughs> you know, it gets you when it comes time for European football. And um, I, you know, now after beating, you know, the kings of Germany and Bayern, I wouldn't be surprised if they get past Liverpool, Liverpool but... I do expect it to be a Man City final uh, and Man City Liverpool final unless Mercedes Benzema does something spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely a coin flip. We look at Madrid City because I think they both got credible reasons to win. But Ryan, over to you as well. Um, do you is that a clean sweep or do you see any way a team like Madrid or Villarreal can make the final? Yeah, by scoring goals. <laughs> Sorry, my clone. I don't know you on the podcast. <laughs> as simple as that, really. I mean, I don't know. It, like I say, you can't underestimate Villarreal considering what they've done so far. You know, they. It, it all depends on the, what happens in the first leg for me, especially at Anfield. If if Villarreal can keep it to one nil or even get a draw. I think they've got an excellent chance. Um, with Real Madrid against City, just depends if Benzema turns up. Mm. But so often, if he does, I think it's almost a 50-50 game. Man City don't look themselves at the moment, although they did win last night. I think they're a little bit rattled. And with the Premier League as well, that they've got to concentrate on, which Real Madrid obviously don't have to worry about the league now, really. Um I think that is a much closer game than people give credit to. So I actually think I actually going to predict Liverpool Real Madrid final again. Oh, may I? That's see for me. It's not bad for me in terms of when we play Spurs after this because I had a few people I knew that were Spurs fans, but I don't know any City fan. I don't know any Madrid fan. So there's there's no pressure in that in that sort of side of things for me. But I just yeah, I just. Yeah, it's it's so tough to know who I want to who I want to play if we get to the final because I think both teams are incredibly good and I think you know either team it could be easily be argued as one of the favourites for the tournament or they could easily beat us. So it's it's tough. And looking at Europa League as well, we might as well go on to that. Um, obviously, I thought Barcelona were going. I thought they were dead set favourites to win the whole thing. They got knocked out, of course. There's a potential here for another All English final as well. We had the 2019, uh, where we had both Europa League and and Champions League finals, both both all English. I think not all, not this time all English, but um, could be an all British final. Look at West Ham Rangers. Um, I personally think I back West Ham more than I do Rangers. I think Leipzig were a better team than Frankfurt. Um, personally, Jonathan will know more than myself. Um, yeah, Jonathan, what do you think on this one? Do, do you think? Who's more likely to make the final out of Leipzig and Frankfurt? It's got to be Leipzig. At the at the same time, though, I really want to say Frankfurt just because, I mean, the story will come to you know a full conclusion if they do get there after beating Barcelona at Barcelona in Spain. So, um, you know, I'm I'm probably pulling more for Frankfurt, but at the end of the day, you know, Christopher and Kunku is literally carrying Leipzig on his back. He's a top five player in the world at the moment. There's no one I'd rather have the ball 
um, than Nkunku in the world right now if I needed a goal with a couple minutes left to play. So I really do think Leipzig advanced to the final, and I'm actually going to say that they, they're going to win it. Yeah, I think we've proved in this podcast that our predictions often don't come true, but um, <laughs> hopefully... Yeah, I'm, I'm, if, if that doesn't happen, then I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, sadly, this will be recorded, so um, no way out of that beat. But, um... I'll get it deleted, don't worry. Yeah, you'll find a way, you'll find a way. Um, one elephant in the room, where's Alex? Um, he's not been on the podcast for a few weeks. He is busy with other commitments with his studies at the moment. But in terms of the French League, there's not been much to report. I'm looking at the table, Paris Saint-Germain are 15 points clear. Um, and then at the bottom, relegation looks quite exciting. There's um, four points separating 18th and 14th. So I think... Not right, Alex. When you're back, we look forward to having you back on when you come on. But um, yeah, that is a French league as well. What's been happening there? If any of you are keen to know what's going on there, but it seems like once again it's PSG's title and there's nothing stopping them. Uh, but there has been the podcast for this week, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, in our slightly different format to normal with our previews as well as reviews, uh, but do check back next week for more uh, reviews of European football action and we will see you then. So I've been Andy, this has been Jonathan, this has been Ryan, this has been Naeem and we will see you next time. See you later guys. <laughs>